We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 515 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Friday, February 24th, 2023. My daughter just turned two and a half. She watches Sesame Street. Sesame Street does this thing called the letter of the day. Uh, The letter of the day on this installment of the podcast is B. B as in the enemy. B as in Bezos, B as in bye-bye to two key capitals, to the Boston Bruins. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. I'll try not to be an SOB on this day of B on the pod. Did you enjoy your Eric Bienemy introductory press conference? We on Thursday morning had the introductory press conference for Commander's Assistant Head Coach slash Offensive Coordinator Eric Bienemy. And as the saying goes, he won the press conference. Uh, Now, it is hard to lose a press conference, and I think that we're all experienced enough as sports fans to understand that winning a press conference guarantees nothing regarding winning actual games, but I liked a lot of what we heard from Eric Bieniemy, not just during the press conference, but also during a post-press conference media session. Next segment, in-depth Reaction to and discussion of the best of what Eric Bieniemy had to say. It's funny, old EB uh, does like to speak in the third person. Uh, he on Thursday morning did that a few times, but he also spoke with a passion, an intensity, a fervor that were great to hear. Uh, a lot of Commanders players were in attendance at the press conference, by the way, including quarterback Sam Howell and receivers Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson. Great to see so many players there. Now, there was a bit of a problem with the presser. There was a bit of a snafu with the presser. Uh, The audio feed of the presser on the commander's Twitter account was screwed up. Uh, The feed initially was fine, but like the last two-thirds of the presser featured this ultra choppy audio. So if you were watching the press conference uh, and you were using the commander's Twitter feed to watch the press conference, 
you had a hard time making out what was being said. You know, for years, the audio feed for post-game press conferences at FedEx Field has been bad. And look, I know that something like an NFL team's audio feed isn't that big of a deal. But at the same time, the little things matter. A lot of people were interested in this Eric Bieniemy introductory press conference on Thursday morning, and yet a lot of people ended up tuning out the presser due to the audio problems. And if you're doubting what I'm saying, read the responses to the commander's tweet with the audio feed. Hey, maybe the commander's next owner can spend a few bucks to get top-notch press conference audio. Speaking of the commander's next owner, uh, big news late Thursday afternoon The Washington Post reported that its owner, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, has hired a well-connected investment firm, the New York-based Allen & Company, to help him consider a possible bid for the commanders. Is Jeff Bezos about to enter the fray that is the bidding for the commanders? Is Jeff Bezos, with his absurd, obscene wealth, about to say game, set, match to the other bidders in the sale of the Commanders? I will discuss this coming up, as well as play for you what Eric Bieniemy and Commanders head coach Rod Rivera had to say about the involvement of Commanders co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder in the hiring of Bieniemy. And also on the show, the Capitals. We no longer have to wonder if they're going to be sellers regarding the NHL trade deadline next Friday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, The Caps now are sellers. Big trade on Thursday evening. The Caps dealt defenseman Dmitry Orloff and forward Garnett Hathaway to the Boston Bruins as part of a three-team trade with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, The Caps then lost another game, a 4-2 loss to the NHL worst Anaheim Ducks at Capital One Arena on Thursday night. Winger Alex Ovechkin was back, but the Caps now have lost six consecutive games, each loss a regulation loss. First time that the Caps have suffered six consecutive regular season regulation losses since October 2003. A big Caps segment later in the show. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. The feedback on the commander's hiring of Eric Bieniemy continues to pour in. I'm not sure what's a bigger deal right now, Eric Bieniemy or Cocaine Bear. Uh, but anyway, email from Eric Stork of Weedman regarding the shade at Eric Bieniemy from Shady McCoy, former NFL running back LaShawn McCoy. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs for one season, the 2019 season, which was Bieniemy's second season as Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, McCoy has had some not-so-nice things to say about Bieniemy. Writes Eric, seems like Bieniemy is not shy about telling players what he wants to tell players, and star status does not matter to him. LaShawn McCoy was a veteran and likely did not like getting yelled at by a former running back. I remember a certain Hall of Famer not liking that sort of coaching from Marty Schottenheimer back in the day. Of course, I have questions about Eric B., but being a demanding coach is not one of them. Uh, thank you for the email, Eric. Yeah, Eric was referring to the great Daryl Green, Pro Football Hall of Fame corner Daryl Green, as having not been a huge fan of the general Marty Schottenheimer uh, during his one season as Redskins head coach and director of football operations, the 2001 season. The Skins in that regular season, amazingly, went from 0-5 to 8-8. and They won eight 
of their final 11 games. Marty certainly seemed to have things going in the right direction. And then Marty got fired. Uh, good times. Uh, yeah, Eric Bieniemy, a notoriously demanding coach. And yes, I like that too. Uh, I have no problem with Eric Bieniemy being a demanding coach. And the fact that he isn't shy about yelling at star players is a good thing. Not a bad thing, as LaShawn McCoy tried to make it out to be on the FS1 show Speak this past Monday afternoon. LaShawn McCoy ought to think more before he speaks. McCoy tried to make it sound like Eric Bieniemy having yelled at Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey was a bad thing. And I was like, uh, nah, bro, <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh, email from Wendell Hicks on why Eric Bieniemy has been denied an NFL head coaching job. Yeah, the stat, in case you don't know, is O for 16. Bieniemy has interviewed for 16 NFL head coaching jobs with 15 teams. He has not gotten a single one of those jobs. O for 16, writes Wendell. As always, I continue to enjoy your show. Thank you, Wendell, continues Wendell. I have had a thought about why Eric Bieniemy has not gotten the head coaching job that he desires. I particularly have been considering the racial aspect of what people have been saying. There has been a thought that he hasn't gotten a job because he is black, and rightfully so, that has been challenged. Let me pump the brakes a little bit and say that it may not be because he is black, but how he acts as a black man. I'm sure that you remember a stand-up routine by Chris Rock in the 90s in which he outlined the difference in black personalities. Your conversation with Logan Paulson reinforced my thinking on this in that the enemy's personality is extremely strong. And that may be a lot for certain people, even Ryan Poles, who is a black man with nowhere near as strong of a personality. Uh, thank you for the email, Wendell. So yeah, on Wednesday's show, episode 513, had a good conversation with Commander's Analyst and former Skins tight end, Logan Paulson. Uh, Logan was a tight end at UCLA from 2005 through 2009. Eric Bieniemy was UCLA's running backs coach from 2003 through 2005. And Logan said that he has never been around a coach who coaches as aggressively as Eric Bieniemy does. And Logan meant that in a good way. Uh, you know, Wendell may be onto something with his theory. I don't know. I've been very deliberate in how I've talked about Eric Bieniemy having not gotten an NFL head coaching job because uh, <laughs> unlike some people in the media who seem to be so sure that they know exactly why he hasn't gotten an NFL head coaching job, I'm not sure. There are a lot of possibilities. I'm not just going to assume one of the possibilities. I'm open to many of the possibilities. The one thing that's for sure is that something is up. Something is not right. Over 16 doesn't make sense given the extreme success that the Chiefs had over Bienemy's five seasons as the team's offensive coordinator, even with him not being the team's primary offensive play caller. And keep this in mind, the 0 for 16 doesn't even account for all of the NFL teams that didn't even interview Eric Bienemy for head coaching jobs. Uh, like, yes, the Chicago Bears with Ryan Poles. As general manager, the Bears in January 2022 hired Poles as their general manager. Uh, Poles had spent the previous 13 seasons working for the Chiefs, 2009 through 2021. He knows Eric the enemy well, and yet Poles in January 2022 in hiring Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus as Bears head coach didn't even interview Eric the enemy and Poles is black. I don't know what the deal with Eric Bieniemy 
having not gotten an NFL head coaching job is. But something is up. And I did think that that was an interesting theory from our friend Wendell. Well, here is a theory that nobody can deny. If you have a case, you should contact the law firm of Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. Chris Nace and Matt Nace are dedicated trial attorneys who do not balk in the face of large insurance companies or well-known businesses that have had practices or products that are directly related to the root of your harm. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. And this is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, there were many aspects to Thursday for the Commanders, with them holding the introductory press conference for their new assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy at the team facility in Ashburn, Virginia. One of the cooler aspects of Thursday was this, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he, on Thursday afternoon, quote tweeted a tweet from <laughs> none other than ESPN NFL and college football analyst and, yes, former Redskins quarterback Robert Griffin III. Uh, RG3 tweeted out a video of Eric Bieniemy during his post-press conference media scrum taking the high road on those comments from former Chiefs running back LaShawn McCoy and Mahomes in his quote tweet of the RG3 tweet wrote, quote, there should be no questions on how great of a man slash coach coach Bieniemy is. His leadership has a direct impact on the player slash person I am today. 10 plus years learning under one of the greatest coaches of all time, and I cannot wait for him to continue to prove doubters wrong. End quote. High praise, indeed, from the best quarterback on the planet right now. The Chiefs over Eric Bieniemy's five seasons as Chiefs offensive coordinator, 2018 through 2022, had amazing success. Uh, no doubt, a big part of that was those five seasons being the first five seasons of Patrick Mahomes' time as Chiefs QB1, but Eric Bieniemy was a significant part of that success. I do believe that. And if he can bring just some 
of that success to the Commanders. Just a taste of that success to the Commanders. His tenure as the team's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator will be a success. Look, we all know the deal here, okay? The bar is low. It's not going to take much to surpass the bar. Eric Bieniemy is capable of getting this commander's offense to a place of decency, okay? And the commander's offense being decent would be a major upgrade from what the offense has been over the last five seasons. And the truth is this, if Eric Bieniemy's tenure with the commanders is a success, the tenure may only last a year, okay? It's very possible that Eric Bieniemy, if the commander's offense is good, in the 2023 season, or even just decent in the 2023 season, will finally get that long sought after NFL head coaching job. This is a funny arrangement when you think about it. Eric Bieniemy is using the commanders to get an NFL head coaching job, and Ron Rivera is using Bieniemy to keep Ron's job as commander's head coach. There's mutual using going on here, but if the using works out for one party, uh, then the using may well work out for the other party. Uh, I thought that Eric Bieniemy on Thursday was impressive. He did an introductory press conference, and then he took more questions in a post-press conference media session. Uh, Bieniemy came off as smart. He came off as high energy. He came off as intense. He came off as someone who loves football. What does all of this mean for Eric Bieniemy with the Commanders? Who knows? There's a lot that's going to determine whether his tenure with the Commanders goes well. But even if you have questions about Bieniemy, as I do and as I know a lot of you do, I don't know how you weren't impressed with how the guy handled himself on Thursday. The first question that Eric Bieniemy got asked at his introductory press conference on Thursday morning was, why Washington? Here was his answer. Why not Washington? Look at all the talent. Look at the players that they have. Okay? Look at the guys that they, they, they have on defense. So I'm excited about this opportunity. I've known Coach Ron now since 1999. So relationships mean something. I've known Coach Mayhew for a number of years. And that means something. I've known Mr. Stokes for a number of years. And so I have no doubt about what they're building here. Obviously, they went to the playoffs uh, in the previous year. So they were basically real close this year of going. So I'm never, I have never, ever backed down from a challenge. So I'm embracing this challenge. I'm fired up. I'm excited. I'm excited when it's time to start talking ball with these guys, to start getting to work. But when it's all said and done with, why not Washington? Yeah, you with that answer, got a real sense of Eric Bieniemy's energy and excitement and intensity. You know, one of the things that I believe came to bother the commanders about the man who Bieniemy has replaced as commander's offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, was a lack of energy, a lack of excitement, a lack of intensity. Well, Bieniemy very much possesses those things. And yes, Eric Bieniemy in that cut that I just played for you. did say that uh, Washington made the playoffs in the previous season, as in the 2021 season. That, of course, is not true. Washington last made the playoffs in the 2020 season. But, you know, the enemy making that mistake is not a big deal. Now, to the issue of why Washington. Well, one of the questions that is out there is how many other options did Eric Bieniemy have this offseason beyond the commanders? His contract with the Chiefs was expiring. 
NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB last Friday evening, February 17th, tweeted that the Chiefs' plan to replace Bienemy was to promote senior assistant and quarterbacks coach Matt Nagy to offensive coordinator as, according to Breer, quote, Nagy's got a real shot whenever the time comes to be Andy Reid's successor with the Chiefs, end quote. Uh, Bienemy interviewed for the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job, but did not get that. And then the only offensive coordinator job that the enemy interviewed for was the commander's offensive coordinator job. Let's say that the commanders had decided not to hire Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> then what? Would he have gone back to the Chiefs? Would he have been out of a job? I mean, it's possible that Bieniemy this offseason didn't interview for any other offensive coordinator job because it was known that the commander's offensive coordinator job was his if he wanted it. Look, there's a lot here that we don't know, but I had to laugh when I heard that question. Why Washington? Because it's possible that the actual answer is because that was his only choice, you know? But again, that may not have been the case. We don't know. There's information here that we do not have. Uh, this was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday morning on when joining the commanders came onto his radar and his description of the process by which he became the commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. Well, um, the job, it was on my, I shouldn't say it was on my radar because obviously we've had uh, a number of things we had to take care of <laughs> over the past few weeks. But uh but knowing Coach Rivera, you're always in contact with the people that you've known for years. I followed Coach Rivera's career since our days when we were together with Philly. Obviously, he coached with the Chargers. He's done a number of things. Obviously, he had a great deal of success with uh, Carolina as a head coach, and now he's here. And so you always follow the people that had an impact on you. And so my whole thing is that, you know, these guys – have given me this opportunity, and so I'm looking forward to sharing this space today and looking forward to working day by day and getting ready to chop this wood that we're going to start chopping here soon. Very clearly, the Ron Rivera Eric Bienemy relationship was key to the commander's landing Bienemy. Make no mistake, Ron getting Eric is a win for Ron, at least right now. Uh, there's not a commander's fan on the planet who on January 10th when the commanders fired Scott Turner, would not have instantly said yes to Eric Bieniemy being Scott's replacement. Well, that is precisely what happened. Ron Rivera turned an offensive coordinator search that lasted for more than a month, that lasted from January 10th until February 18th, and that had a whole lot of people thinking that former Cleveland Browns and former New York Giants head coach Pat Shermer or commanders quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi was going to end up being the commander's offensive coordinator into a search that resulted in Eric Bieniemy being hired as assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. I give Ron Rivera credit for this. He pulled something off that I think a lot of people not that long ago felt like was a long shot. Uh, Ron Rivera goes back with Eric Bieniemy. Ron was the Philadelphia Eagles linebackers coach from 1999 through 2003. Eric's final season as an NFL player was with the Eagles in 1999. Eric Bieniemy was an NFL running back from 1991 through 1999. He was taken by the San Diego Chargers in the second round of the 1991 NFL draft out of Colorado. Uh, the Chargers coordinator of football operations 
at that time was current Commanders Executive Vice President of Football slash Player Personnel, Marty Herney. Here was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday morning on his vision for the Commanders offense. My vision is this. I just want to make sure that these guys understand that there's a way in which I know how to do it. But on top of that, I got to make sure that I, I'm putting these guys in the best situation to be the most explosive, the most dynamic, and also, more importantly, giving us the best opportunity to be successful. So that's one thing, okay? But when it's all said and done with, we're going to do this. We're going to play hard. We're going to play fast. We're going to have a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose in everything that we do. And that's where it starts, okay? And it's all about being accountable as well, understanding the fact that indirectly we all impact each other's lives. So it's my job to make sure I'm doing what is right by them. But on top of that, they got to make sure that they're doing right by each other. So my envision right now is making sure that that process takes care of itself. The X's and O's will take care of itself. These guys, they know football. Okay? They understand football. These guys are professional players for a reason. Okay? Now, only thing that's going to change, the verbiage may change. You know, some of the route concepts, uh, the way we term them may change. But when it's all said and done with, it's football. And if we love what we do, we'll have the success that we need to have. Long as we're investing in, the, in it the right way. A lot to like with that answer from Eric Bieniemy. Uh Intellect, passion, Focus all on display in that answer. You know, there is a credibility with Eric Bieniemy as the commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator that's hard to have. And the credibility, of course, is rooted in what the Chiefs did over his five seasons as the team's offensive coordinator. The Chiefs, in each of their five regular seasons with Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator, finished in the top three <laughs> of the NFL in total offense for. Football Outsiders DVOA metric, 2018 number one, 2019 number three, 2020 number two, 2021 number three, 2022 number one. Washington's best ranking in total offense per DVOA for a regular season from 2018 through 2022 was number 21 for the 2021 regular season. Kansas City and Washington over the last five seasons have been operating in two different offensive universes. Can Eric Bieniemy bring the commander's offense into, or at least close to, that Chiefs offensive universe? Uh, what about calling plays? Uh, there has been a lot of talk about that, right? Eric Bieniemy over his five seasons as Chiefs offensive coordinator was not the Chiefs' primary offensive play caller, head coach Andy Reid was. And I say primary offensive play caller because Reid is known to have let his offensive coordinators call some plays, but Reid is the primary offensive play caller. This was the enemy on Thursday morning on being the commander's primary offensive play caller. Fired up for it, bro. <laughs> Fired up and excited. All right, short and sweet. Fired up and excited, uh, but that's a good summary of the vibe of this Eric Bieniemy introductory press conference on Thursday morning. Fired up and excited. One of the things that I really liked about Bieniemy's intro presser on Thursday morning was how he handled questions about not having gotten an NFL head coaching job. Uh, Eric Bieniemy did not take the bait. He did not sound off on not having gotten an NFL head coaching job. He instead used the questions to restate his focus on being the commander's assistant head coach slash 
offensive coordinator. Very smart. Uh, this was Biennemi on Thursday morning on if he took this job as commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator because he felt like taking the job was necessary to become a head coach in the NFL. Being a head coach right now is not in my, in my thought process. Right now, here's what I'm focused on. I'm focusing on being the best coach that I can be today. Okay? The rest of everything else will take care of itself starting tomorrow. I live in the moment. Okay? So I got to be implanted. I got to be where my feet are. So right now, my feet are planted right here. Okay, now when Eric Bieniemy says, quote, being a head coach right now is not in my thought process, end quote, uh, is that entirely true? Uh, no, I don't think so. Bieniemy very much wants to be an NFL head coach, and it sure seems that him taking this job with the commanders was motivated in large part, maybe even entirely, by his desire to be an NFL head coach. His time as Chiefs offensive coordinator was not resulting in him getting an NFL head coaching job for whatever reason. So I do think that being an NFL head coach is in Eric Bieniemy's thought process, but I loved his answer right there. He did not take the bait. He turned the question into an answer about being all in on where he's currently at. Uh, here was Bieniemy later in his introductory press conference on Thursday morning on if he in this job with the commanders is motivated to show people that he can be a good NFL head coach. So, and I'll keep saying this, right now I'm the, the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Okay, being a head coach, that's something, if that's to happen, it'll take care of itself. We've had a great deal of success. We've, we've won, what, five straight AFC championship games, uh, three out of four Super Bowls, uh, two out of those we won. So, being a head coach right now, it hasn't happened. It's not anything that's going to impact me moving forward because the only thing I need to concern, be concerned with, it's what's important today. Today, I got to be the best person that I can be. I got to be the best coach that I can be. And on top of that, I got to get these guys in this building to learn to trust me, to get to know me, but also understanding what the term accountability means. And so I have to be accountable to these men. All right, so all that stuff about being a head coach, we could talk about that next year sometime. Right now, I'm focused on the job at hand. Another excellent answer from Eric Bieniemy regarding having not yet gotten an NFL head coaching job. While we're talking about good answers from Bieniemy, I loved how he handled the LaShawn McCoy topic. Uh, Bieniemy, during his post-press conference media session, got asked about the LaShawn McCoy comments. Here was Bieniemy's answer. LaShawn McCoy is a future Hall of Fame runner, okay? Everybody's entitled to their own position, to their own uh, comments and how they feel. When it's all said and done with, I think that's all I have to say because he's entitled to his own opinion. That's life. Okay, you got good and you have bad, you know? It does not impact me in any way. Because one thing that you learn when you're in this position, you have to learn to eliminate distractions, all right? My job is to focus on the now. Everything outside these walls has no impact on Eric Bieniemy moving forward. How about that? <laughs> How about that from Eric Bieniemy on LaShawn McCoy? How about that from EB on Shady McCoy? A total high road answer. An all-class high IQ answer. Bieniemy even called McCoy, quote, a future Hall of Fame runner. 
end quote. The enemy was fattening frogs for snakes, <laughs> as the saying goes. But I was a big fan of how Eric the enemy handled that LaShawn McCoy topic. Uh, what about the job title? Eric the enemy's official title with the commanders is assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. The enemy on Thursday morning on the importance of having assistant head coach as part of his job title with the commanders. Well, I think it's very important for a number of reasons, and the beauty of it is me and Coach Rivera will work through that. At the end of the day, Eric Bieniemy is a ball coach. At the end of the day, Eric Bieniemy wants to make sure that these guys understand that, you know, <laughs> we're going to learn to put consistent behavior on tape, all right? But also understanding that when we're playing for each other and doing things for the greater good of the organization, also seeing the big picture that this game ain't that hard. It can be a whole lot of fun, but it's going to be fun when you're making the necessary sacrifices to make each other better. All right. That's some of the things that I'm excited about. Those are some of the things I'm looking forward to. And so when it comes to job titles and all that, you guys got to understand, yes, I am the assistant head coach. I am the offensive coordinator. My job is to get these guys to go out and do and be the best that they can be. So that's going to be my focus right now. And again, I liked what Eric Bieniemy had to say in that answer. You know, we as Washington fans have come to know that these offseason press conferences guarantee nothing for September through January. But that said, Eric Bieniemy at his introductory press conference and post-press conference media session on Thursday did a very nice job. Hey, let this podcast do a very nice job for you. Grow your business or practice by advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Podcast advertising is very affordable, much more so than radio and television advertising. And in our current economy, podcast advertising is the way to go. And podcast advertising works. Email us. See what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. 
So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Just go to constantcontact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So we on Thursday morning had the introductory press conference for commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. but you very much could argue that that was not the biggest commander's item from Thursday. Nothing with the commanders matters more right now than the sale of the team. Are we, in fact, headed toward the end of the Dan Snyder era? The end of of the era of the Danny. Well, the latest on the sale had been that it may not have been going so well for our commander's co-owner and co-CEO, Dan Snyder. Sports Business Insider A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports on February 9th reported that Dan Snyder wanted at least $7 billion for the commanders, but up until that point had not received an offer at that level. Uh, Business journalist Josh Kussman of the New York Post on February 9th reported that, quote, efforts to sell the Washington commanders aren't going well, end quote that there were just two bidders for the Commanders, Philadelphia 76ers managing partner and New Jersey Devils managing partner Josh Harris and a, quote, mystery buyer, end quote, and that per a source, the bidders, quote, bid $6 billion each, but don't have the money yet, end quote. Well, all along, we've known that the person who can change everything with the sale of the Commanders is Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. His wealth blows away the wealth of all but a few people in the world. Jeff Bezos, as of late Thursday per Forbes, had a net worth of $119 billion. To what extent Bezos has been interested in buying the commanders has not been known. Well, we late Thursday afternoon got the following from the Washington Post. Jeff Bezos has hired a well-connected investment firm, the New York-based Allen & Company, to help him consider a possible bid for the commanders. In other words, Jeff Bezos, Uncle Jeff, is conducting some due diligence and may just be about to get in on the bidding for the commanders. And by the way, what the Washington Post reported was confirmed by ESPN on Thursday evening. But if Uncle Jeff gets in and is allowed to buy the Commanders, it is game over. You know, it was prior to the 1988 three-point shooting contest at NBA All-Star Weekend that Boston Celtics all-time great Larry Bird famously asked, who's coming in second? (laughs) That's one of the great lines in sports history. Who's coming in second? That, my friends, would be precisely what Jeff Bezos could say to other bidders for the commanders if he gets involved in the bidding and if he is allowed to buy the commanders. Who's coming in second? Now, Bezos hiring Allen and company doesn't guarantee that he's going to get involved in the bidding, but him hiring Allen and company clearly is a sign that he is interested in getting involved in the bidding. And if the numbers work, then you would think that Bezos is in the bidding, and if Bezos is in the bidding, then he will win the bidding, unless Dan Snyder just outright refuses to sell the team to Bezos because of his ownership 
of the Washington Post, with which, of course, Denny Boy has feuded for years. However, two things to keep in mind. Number one, it could be that Jeff Bezos prefers to buy the Seattle Seahawks, who could come up for sale over the next year or two. Number two, you know, I use the word numbers. Uh, the business numbers for the commanders aren't exactly pretty. Uh, I, on Monday afternoon, had a lengthy phone conversation with my good friend, Kevin Sheehan, the host of the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast. And, you know, we talked about a lot of things. We solved all of the world's problems. But uh, among the things that we talked about was a stat that he has discovered, the steep decline in net revenue for Washington. Washington has gone from a net revenue, i.e. profit, of $205 million in 2018 to $150 million in 2022. A decline of $55 million, a decline of 26.8% over just five years. Now, understand that the $150 million in net revenue for 2022 still is a lot more than, say, what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. But a decline of $55 million, a decline of 26.8% over just five years, that is significant. And that is a function of a lot of things, uh, including, by the way, the name change. Uh, I do wonder if Jeff Bezos might get turned off by the amount of rebuilding of the fan base and of revenue that the commanders need to undergo. Although, you know, you could flip that around and say, hey, look at the upside for this team. It was doing $205 million in net revenue as recently as 2018. Why can't the team get back to that in the ultra-lucrative Washington, D.C. area market? So how Jeff Bezos digests the financial numbers of the commanders will be key in whether he gets in on the bidding for the commanders. But yeah, Uncle Jeff may be coming. Uh, by the way, this was Eric Bieniemy on Thursday morning on if he interacted with commander's ownership during the process by which he became the team's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator. So Coach Rivera was a lead uh, person in this hiring process, obviously. I've had an opportunity to spend time with Mr. Wright and uh, Mr. Mayhew, just like I said. But when it's all said and done with, with all that stuff, that's none. That's not my job uh, title, okay? Those guys will take care of that. And the word that, of course, is in reference to the sale of the Commanders. Uh, commanders head coach Rod Rivera, he on Thursday morning introduced Eric Bieniemy. Uh, did not speak beyond that at the actual press conference, but Ron did take questions in a post-press conference media session, and he in that session addressed to what extent Dan Snyder was involved in the hiring of Eric Bieniemy. Take a listen. Throughout the process, um, uh, Mr. Snyder's been very supportive. Um, the offseason, he's been very supportive. We talked about certain things that we had to do with uh, with the coaching staff. Um, he was great about it. And then as I started this process, and, and I said, look, this may take a little bit longer. I want to interview Eric Bianami. And he said, absolutely. As long as it takes. If he goes all the way, I said, he may, they may go to the Super Bowl and they may win it. He said, that's fine. Hey, let's just make sure we get the right guy. And that was really the, 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 the message I got from him. I really appreciated you know, just the support. Um, and then once we did it, we got him. And then it was like, well, you know, we're going to change some things and we'll change what you need to change. Just make sure you guys get what you need to get. Um, so he's been great and he's allowed me to go forward and do the things I needed to do. Okay. So Mr. Snyder greenlit the pursuit of Eric Bianami, but beyond that, not much involvement 
And then there was this on Thursday. Commander's team president Jason Wright said this about Eric Bieniemy to Commander's insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com, quote, I think Eric, just like the rest of us, sees the transition as one that's good for the organization. On the other side of it, there's nothing but upside, end quote. Now, a lot of people had the interpretation that Jason, with that quote, was talking about the sale of the team that the transition that Jason was talking about was the transition of ownership. Personally, in reading the entire paragraph in which the quote appears, I think that Jason was talking about the transition in the organization's culture, not the transition of ownership. Uh, Here is the paragraph in its entirety. Quote, that's part of what I have to answer. That's my job, right? Because I'm the closest to all that. I think Eric just like the rest of us, sees the transition as one that's good for the organization. On the other side of it, there's nothing but upside. We've already had a lot of success building the football side of the business from where we started when Ron took over. We established a way of working, a consistent culture, a type of guy and gal that we bring into the organization, both on the coaching staff and in the locker room. This is a chance to accelerate that. And the same thing in the business. We took something that was ebbing, we reversed the momentum, and we have really good progress. All of that only gets better as things progress. End quote. Uh, Yeah, man, trust me. I wish (laughs) that Jason Wright had been talking about the transition of ownership. That's not the sense that I got in reading that paragraph. But look, even if Jason Wright wasn't talking about the transition of ownership, Uh, A transition of ownership does appear to be coming. And Jeff Bezos may be about to get involved. Well, a sell-off by the Capitals has begun. How far the Caps will go in their sell-off, we do not know. But the Caps very clearly are tapping out on their 2022-2023 season from a standpoint of the organization positioning the team to be at its best. Now, what's funny is that the Caps, as we speak, are just two points behind the Detroit Red Wings for the Eastern Conference's second wildcard spot. But A, the Caps are part of a big-time logjam in terms of teams competing for the Eastern Conference's two wildcard spots. And B, the Caps are reeling right now. And so with the NHL trade deadline coming up on Friday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern, the Caps correctly have made the decision to sell. Now, as I have said, I don't think that the Caps have to blow the whole thing up. I think that the approach can be more of a reset, a retool, as opposed to a rebuild. But the Caps do need to get younger. They need to get faster and they need to get cheaper. And that process started on Thursday. The Caps on Thursday evening traded defenseman Dmitry Orloff and forward Garnett Hathaway to the Boston Bruins as part of a three-team trade with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, The Caps acquired a first-round pick in the 2023 NHL Draft, a second-round pick in the 2025 NHL Draft, a third-round pick in the 2024 NHL Draft, and forward Craig Smith from the Bruins. Uh, Also, the Caps, as part of the trade, retained 50% of Orlov's salary. Uh, Craig Smith is a veteran on an expiring contract. The key items for the Caps in the trade, of course, are the draft picks. And the Caps now have two first-round picks in the 2023 NHL draft. 
the Caps saying goodbye to Dmitry Orlov is a big deal. Uh, they took him in the second round of the 2009 NHL draft. He played in 686 regular season games with the Caps, was a key part of the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Caps. And Garnett Hathaway, very popular player, a grinder, a mucker. Uh, the Caps signed him as an unrestricted free agent on July 1st, 2019. Here was Caps head coach Peter Laviolette during his postgame press conference on Thursday night on Orloff and Hathaway. There were two guys who gave a lot to the organization. Orly played a lot of years here and uh, was a really good defenseman uh, for a long time. Uh, and Garnett came in and provided, you know, a different style of play and uh, was also very good while he was here. And so I wish those guys luck. Um, you know, these are decisions that are made, uh, you know, from an organization. Uh, we still had players that we, you know, Kubel steps into Hathaway's spot tonight and trying to make an impact in the game. And um, that's just uh, that's the business that goes on this time of year. Yeah, so Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway now are gone, and uh, we shall see who's next. Uh, the announcement of Orlov and Hathaway being traded happened shortly before the Caps game on Thursday night, what ended up being yet another Caps loss. So the Caps fell to 28-26-6 with a 4-2 loss to the NHL worst Anaheim Ducks at Capital One Arena on Thursday night. Yeah, the Caps on Thursday night lost to the worst team in the NHL, in the Ducks, who are far from mighty. Uh, The Caps now have lost six consecutive games, each loss a regulation loss. This is the first time that the Caps have suffered six consecutive regular season regulation losses since October 2003. It has been nearly 20 years since we've had what we have right now. And the Caps continue to have such a hard time scoring goals. The Caps, during this stretch of six consecutive regulation losses, have totaled a mere 10 goals. Yeah, 10 goals over six games. So the Caps on Thursday night were without winger Anthony Mantha. Uh, he did not play due to an upper body injury that he suffered in the Caps 3-1 loss to the Detroit Red Wings at Capital One Arena on Tuesday night. Also, the Caps remained without defenseman John Carlson and forwards Connor Brown and Carl Hagelin due to injury. Uh, winger Alex Ovechkin was back. He returned from a four-game absence caused by the death of his father, Mikhail Ovechkin. Uh, Alex Ovechkin on Thursday night. No points and a game-worst four giveaways, but he did have five shots on goal and a game-high tying and nine total shot attempts. This was a bizarre game, and not just because it came off the Caps having just traded Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway. The Caps lost the game despite obliterating the Ducks in the puck possession battle. The Caps, per natural stat trick, had 64 five-on-five shot attempts to the Ducks' 38, including, get this, 15 five-on-five high-danger shot attempts to the Ducks four. Uh, Also, the Caps finished with 43 shots on goal to the Ducks 21. The Caps' process was good. The result was not good. Uh, More disappointing goaltending for the Caps. Very interestingly, Charlie Lindgren was the Caps' starting goaltender, not Darcy Kemper, but Lindgren stopped just 17 of the 20 shots on goal that he faced. Uh, the Caps were good on special teams. The Caps went 3-3 on the penalty kill and 1-3 on the power play. Winger TJ Oshie had a very good game. He had a first period power play goal, a game-high six shots on goal, a game-high tying 
nine total shot attempts and four hits. And Oshie finished number one on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 84.62. The Caps with Oshie on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 22 shot attempts versus allowing just four shot attempts. Uh, Oshie did commit a third period slashing minor. The Caps have made the Stanley Cup playoffs in each of the previous eight seasons. So the Caps last missed the playoffs in the 2013-2014 season. Uh, The streak quite clearly is in danger. You know, another team that's struggling right now and is struggling this season is the Caps' arch rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Pens on Thursday night suffered their fourth consecutive regulation loss, a 7-2 home blowout loss to the Edmonton Oilers. You could always email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Joel Chorney, writes Joel, Hi Al, congratulations on your recent podcast milestones, 500th episode and two-year anniversary. You continue to do a great job and should be a part of the day of every D.C. area sports fan. Well, thank you, Joel. Continues, Joel. I realize this is off topic from Eric Enemy Mania, but I've been thinking about the fact that the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins are both struggling mightily this year. I feel like this is one of the underrated great rivalries in sports because hockey overall is second tier in the American sports hierarchy. But as you know, year in and year out, Caps, Pens, Clashes in the spring have brought great drama and at times agony to the two cities. Anyway, I looked it up and the last time that both teams missed the playoffs in the same year was two. 2002. So it has been over two decades since this last happened. Not quite historic. I thought the streak of at least one of them making the playoffs might go back into the 80s, but still significant. We'll see what happens, but it's not looking good for either team at the moment. Spring will lose some juice around here if the Caps don't make the playoffs. Uh, Great email, Joel. Very good point. You know, the Caps, like I said, two points behind the Red Wings for the Eastern Conference's second wildcard spot. The Penguins right now are just one point behind the Red Wings, but yeah, it's feeling like neither the Caps nor the Pens will be making the Stanley Cup playoffs this season. We, on Thursday night, during Peter Laviolette's postgame press conference, had this exchange with a friend of the Al Galdi podcast, Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic. What's going to be the mindset here going forward? I mean, the, the deadline's still, you know, a week out. More things could happen. You're also trying to win hockey games and stay in the playoff hunt. What, what's I don't the think mindset? anything changes for the group that's in the room. You know, we've got to, we've got to win. And so we're we're finding it really difficult to win hockey games right now. And so um, it's only going to come from us and inside the room, and we have to take responsibility for that. Yeah, and so while you can't completely dismiss the notion of the Caps making the Stanley Cup playoffs this season, the organization with the trade on Thursday evening clearly is saying that the bigger picture matters more right now than the immediate picture. And I do applaud the Caps for that line of thinking. Email from Michael King writes, Mike, pretty surprised and pleased to see the Caps address the future a bit. I would have bet real money that they would have done nothing just like the Wizards well done, Capitals. Uh, thank you for the email, Mike. I agree. Next up for the Caps, two games this weekend, home to the New York Rangers, Saturday afternoon at 1, and at the Buffalo Sabres, Sunday afternoon at 1.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 516. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders next week. A big week. It is Combine Week. Uh, The NFL Scouting Combine will take place Tuesday, February 28th through Monday, March 6th at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Also on Monday's show, the rest of your Washington, D.C. area sports weekend, the Capitals, as we talked about late last segment, have two games this weekend, home to the New York Rangers Saturday afternoon at 1 and at the Buffalo Sabres Sunday afternoon at 1. The Wizards, uh, they are back from the NBA All-Star break, two games this weekend, home to the New York Knicks. Friday night at 7 and at the Chicago Bulls Sunday afternoon at 3.30. And uh, here we go. Bradley Beal is questionable for Friday night due to right knee soreness. Uh, We have lots of college basketball this weekend. Maryland is home to number 21 Northwestern Sunday at noon. Georgetown is home to number 20 Providence Sunday afternoon at 12.30. Number 6 Virginia is at North Carolina Saturday evening at 6. And Virginia Tech is at Duke Saturday night at 8. And we on Saturday afternoon have the Grapefruit League openers for the Nationals and the Orioles. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Fired up for it, bro. (laughs) Fired up and excited. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.